0: If you only had one piece of paper and just enough ink to fill one page and on this page you had to write a final message to your children, what would it say? What would you put on there? What would you want them to remember forever? Certainly most of us would leave them with an assurance of our love for them and as Christians a firm reminder about Jesus, but what advice would you leave them? What have you learned in your life experience that you would share so they may avoid some of your sins, pitfalls, and live life more abundantly? It is an excellent exercise and can help us identify our parental priorities. Um, uh, Ruyard Kipling, the famous writer, um, he uh, lived from 1865 to 1936. He was the epitome of British ideals of his time. And Kipling, um, you probably know him from his famous novels and poems, uh, such as The Jungle Book, uh, Gunga Din, Rikki-Tikki-Tavi, among others. And he wrote something like a final word of advice to his son. His, He and his wife, in fact, only had one surviving child, a son, and Kipling wrote this powerful poem called If for him. And this is his message of wisdom to his only son. Joining me today to talk about this poem is Pastor Ruben Hernandez from Sheridan Hills Baptist Church. Uh, Ruben is a longtime friend of our school and and, and part of our church that uh, oversees our school. And so welcome back to the show, Ruben.
1: Thank you for having me back.
0: And uh, he's a parent of two. He has a son and a daughter. Um, so Ruben, why is a poem like If so important to you as a father?
1: Well, this um, this topic is really dear to my heart. I, I actually lost my dad when I was 11. You know, very young, and growing up as a young man, I always, kind of, always had that that wonderment at the back of my mind. You know, am I making him proud? Is this what he would have done? Just kind of looking for that that fatherly um, affirmation. You know, and, and I had men in my life that stepped in and they they really, um, you know, stood in the gap, as the saying goes. But that idea of like hearing you know a father's words to his son, this this poem really just kind of you know stood out. I actually found it as a young adult. And it it blew me away the first time I read it, and I routinely go back to it. Um, I I actually discovered not too long ago a a poster, which is a famous painting, uh, The Wanderer Above the Clouds, with Mm -hmm. the words if, but it's really just the words of the poem. And I'm kind of hoping for a Christmas present that it might be that. So Mm, plug, plug, if if your (laughs) wife is
0: listening to this. Uh, Yeah, no, this is a great poem. Uh, It may not be. Uh, classical in the sense of something we would have heard from uh, in Latin or something from the Elizabethan era. It's certainly uh, more modern and uh, probably more accessible, mm-hmm. um, but yet the message is so important. I like, you know, I lost my father at 19 as well. And and it, it is something that um, I think as fathers, we're looking and saying, okay, here we didn't necessarily have all the resources of our father, our entire life, or or I didn't particularly have a great relationship with mine. Um, so, w- where does that put us in a deficit with our own sons mm. and our own children? And uh, this poem, if by Kipling, is a great tool yeah. to kind of set them on the proper proper path. Uh, and although it's not obviously from the Bible, it does have it does hit the good, true, and beautiful um, caveats, if you will, or, right. or r- prerequisites to uh, be something that adheres and, and undergirds uh, biblical philosophy. So mm-hmm. uh, Ruben, why don't you do us the honor and read this? Now, uh, if you're listening and you're in your car, I understand there's not much you can do about that. Just listen and enjoy. But um, if you are at home or you're able to call this poem up, it's it's available for free anywhere on any uh, number of websites. So it's just called If I F by Ruyard Kipling. So um, if you're just listening, here is Ruben Hernandez reciting the famous poem.
1: and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch-and-toss and lose and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son.
0: Wow. Well, thank you, Rubens. That was that was wonderful. And so much to unpack here. Uh, let's just start with that first stanza, um, which starts with, if you can keep your head about you, um, what stands out to you in that first Uh, first few lines?
1: I mean, we live in a world where people lose their heads very quickly and just lose control. And it's a sign of maturity to maintain one's composure, even when everyone else is losing theirs. You know, in a moment of emergency that that person who is a pillar of strength who can keep you know, they keep themselves collected. They're not panicking. They're not um, they're not out of control. They're not wondering what to do. They're they're in control and, and they're they're keeping their focus but then sometimes when people are losing their heads they might turn around and find that one person who isn't reacting like they are and then you know kind of dump everything on them um you know it's it's a mark of a man to maintain one's composure even when everyone else is losing theirs
0: yes and I, and i think he is he being kipling is talking about the crowd not being your main influence yeah um like you're saying we, we it's not um when everyone when you keep your head and everybody's losing theirs and blaming it on you and I've I'm a school administrator I've been there uh, I was a coach I've been there I've been a fine arts director I've been there many times um and he he gives this wonderful caveat where yes you are not to let the crowd um make you lose your head. But there's another part where he says, but make allowance for their doubting too. Mm. In other words, we can't become so independent and so removed from popular opinion that, that we're not listening to sound people when they call us out or give us legitimate accountability. There are times when we have to make allowances for them as well and say, you know what, maybe they are right and I need to work on something. The pursuit is truth and excellence, Mm -hmm. not pleasing the
1: crowd. And and there's a balance of confidence and humility. You know, he's Mm -hmm. saying, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but you're making that allowance, you you know, you're confident in your ability, these skills that you've developed over time, but you're not full of yourself. You're Mm -hmm. not thinking, oh, well, everyone else is wrong. I'm the only one that's right. It's rather, okay, are they seeing something that I'm not? Mm -hmm.
0: Because there can be... And, and as America, there can be a there can be a a a false independence. There can be an independence that can be detrimental. It can even be a wall between us and the Lord because we're thinking we don't need him anymore. And as Americans, um, that's one of the great things about our country. The people who came here, whether it was in the 18th century or even the immigrants coming today, they had to have an independent, strong nature to make it here and make it in this country. And so, yes, that's a wonderful quality, but it can also be uh, an impediment. Um, mm-hmm. And really, our focus should be on Christ and what is uh, most important to. I, I love it also when he says, "If you can wait and not be tired by waiting." Mm. Um, in this modern society, we struggle to wait just a few seconds while a video buffers. Yeah, and all of a sudden, that's the end of the world, right? Um, Do you remember dial-up? Dial oh up the yeah. <laughs> um, the people listening who are under twenty-five probably don't. They have
1: no idea what that is. No idea
0: what dial-up is. Uh, but yeah, th- like we cannot be uh, tired of waiting and lied about not dealing lies. And being hated don't give way to hating. That is such a, an issue in our world right now where you are pretty much put on, into different camps and told to hate one another. Mm. There's a lot of philosophies out there that are promoting hate. And, that's, uh, and there will be those that hate us. We know as Christians sometimes, right, there will be those who are against us, but we should not be responding with hate.
1: Yeah. Like we shouldn't stoop to the level of the people that are trying mm-hmm. to drag us. You know, you know you're being lied about no one lo- wants to be lied about but we need to remain above that you know mm. as, as Christians you know our character needs to be above that we cannot stoop down to the sinful actions of others just because they did it first it's remaining remaining steadfast in in the truth
0: and that's that's sort of the opposite of the world's idea of the end justifies the means and as Christians yeah. we would say that's not true that is not true, yeah. and so uh, and he wraps it up by saying, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. Hmm. Uh, it seems just a very blanket, humble statement of let's just not be yeah. gaudy, let's yeah. not make this about us,
1: not be stuck up.
0: Yeah. So, stanza two, which begins with "if you can dream and not make dreams your master," that's kind of interesting because uh, I thought we were supposed to chase our dreams at all times, right?
1: You know, life happens. You know, there's things that get in the way of of dreams. You know, it could be you know, maybe we, we haven't developed the skill necessary yet. And so there's kind of this, you know, patient pursuit, but I mean, there could be things that happen that just get in the way, you know, Mm -hmm. that that are unforeseen, that are, that are not expected. It could be an illness. It could be the loss of a family member. It might be a certain change in circumstance. There's a lot of things that can, that can get in the way of the dreams that a person is pursuing. Mm -hmm. But if your dream is your master, that's your world is ending at that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this measure of adaptability that is, that is a mark of mature manhood or even womanhood. Um, you know, The dream is not your master. You're, you're shooting for something. You have a goal that you're going for, but you're not dominated by it.
0: Yeah, the dream, it's not bad to have a dream. God can put something in our hearts that is leading us a certain way, but if God's clearly closing doors, we can't make the dream our master and therefore service it to the point that we ignore that God has a different plan for us, and that is so contrary to what the world is telling yeah. us right now. What else do you see in stanza two?
1: Um, If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. You know, a lot of people can just stop at thinking, at planning and dreaming, but they never actually take action. Especially, you know, I see in the world, some people are go-getters, but this is kind of a, this lights a fire into those people that just want to sit back and wait for things to come Mm -hmm. after them. You know, it's not just about making these thoughts or, you know, thinking lofty thoughts or philosophizing, but what are you doing about it? Mm -hmm. Um, are Are you taking action on those thoughts? Um, a, a really favorite line that, that I have from this one is if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters, just the same. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we think that winning is everything or that I've lost and I've lost everything and they're both, they both can fool you. You know, people can be fooled by triumph and they can be fooled by, by disaster. They're, it's is two imposters. You never, you never reached the apex. You're never done continuing. And even if you've lost badly or you you've hit, What you think is rock bottom, you're not stuck there. Mm -hmm. You can definitely come out of that.
0: Well, and it also reminds us that the end game isn't the goal. Mm -hmm. uh, In most cases, it's the journey. It's to learn along the way. It's to you know God puts us through things so that we can grow in character, Mm -hmm. or allows things to happen to us so we grow in character. uh, Depending on your philosophy, so it's 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 really not about that. I I (laughs) all the years of coaching, I'd have players say. Um, boy, I, I just get really pumped up by the crowd or I really love it. Or, and then they would say, oh, I don't really um, mind if the other team hates me or if somebody's criticizing me for not playing the right way. And I said, you know, if you're not going to be burdened by the boos, and I've been booed many times, if you're not going to be burdened by the boos, don't be searching for the applause either. They're right. both imposters, and Kipling's very clear about that it's they're both imposters, and that is not our game uh, that is not our goal or our aim to uh, have triumph or disaster. just do what we have to do and if you hear to, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools I mean gossip at its best right
1: I mean what Christian has not had you know the, the truth you know the, the the word of God twisted by People who are deliberately trying to malign Christ, mm-hmm. deliberately, deliberately trying to malign Christians and the church, and and they'll they'll use it in clever ways, trying to make a trap for us. Um, you know that that's that's a way of life for a Christian. You know, it, and here in the school, we're we're really trying to prepare our students for that. You know, just get ready. They're going to say horrible things um, about Christians. They're going to try to you know misconstrue um, the truth of Scripture to try to fit you know whatever narrative that someone's trying to push to try to diminish. Um, diminish christ diminish god if that were even possible but um that's you know we 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 hear that and you know not not get lost by that not Mm. lose our heads
0: and that last line of stanza two or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools it's so important in ministry because i'm trying to choose my words carefully here I love what we do. I love being part of this. God is good. I love our church. I love our school. I've been here most of my life in many different forms. But in the end, as much as you love the ministry, you're there for Christ. Mm -hmm. You're there for the mission that God has called you to do. Sometimes we can dedicate our life to something, and we might think, that's my ambition. But you know what? If we get too caught up in the victories, or we get too caught up in, in what Quote unquote, we built, mm-hmm. we missed out on the fact that this was all God to his glory anyway. Yeah. And we're just so, so watch the things you gave your life to broken and stupid build them up with worn out tools. If something is that we built falls apart and we, we shouldn't just quit, mm-hmm. we build them back up because it was never ours to begin with. Yeah. It was always God's. Yeah. Stanza three, it, which starts with if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss
1: and lose mm-hmm. and then start again without even, without breathing a word about your loss. You know, th- this attitude of no whining, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's kind of a, that's a message that I'm trying to teach my kids now is just, okay, there's no whining. If you, get, you heard a no, that's what it is. You, you got to accept it and, and go on with it. Well, and your
0: kids are young. Yeah. I, so, sh- when they're, I have teenagers, believe me, it doesn't change much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, there's this idea of, of risking, it, you know, and, and, for some people, I see some people that really struggle with with putting themselves out there, with trying. You know, they they know they want to do something. You know, they they want to live for Christ. They want to evangelize, but then they they freeze at the moment of actually doing it. They they don't actually go out and share the gospel because they they're afraid of of losing. And really, here in the states, there's there's no there's no consequence like other believers experience elsewhere. You know, they they're not losing their life here, um, but. You know, that idea of risking, of putting ourselves out there, whether, you know, that's in, in, from a gospel perspective, but even in a perspective of life, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that I'll lose, therefore I'm not going to try. That's that's not the perspective to have. That's right.
0: Well, and, and how he finishes this uh, third stanza, if, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew, listener, sinew means uh, your tendons, uh, your ligaments, the things that hold your body together, essentially. So if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they're gone... Now, Ruben, you're much younger than me, so I don't think <laughs> your uh, sinew is nerve and sinew is quite gone, but as I gain uh, three years quickly, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, I could definitely speak to this a little bit more because you know, here's Kipling talking about at some point in your life, you're going to continue to go for this cause. You're going to continue to work hard, and you know what? You won't have the ability to do it yeah. to your full capacity anymore. It, your heart, your nerve, your sinew starts to go, and they're trying to serve your turn long after they're gone, and the last part of this is, and so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. When you're at the end of your rope, when you have nothing left and your body, your heart, everything is just giving in, and all you have left is hold on. And yeah. I think we've all, you are old enough, we are old enough to have moments in our lives where that was the case. But that's so important for our kids to hear a poem like this yeah. because this, uh, modern era of follow your dreams, follow your spirits, follow what makes you happy. You know, what doesn't make me happy to do some of the things I have to do, but they're what has to be done. Yeah, And when when I can't go on, you just hold on.
1: There's a measure of grit that needs to exist in in the life of a mature adult. You know, it's little kids say, oh, it's too hard. I can't do this and give up. No, sometimes it is going to be hard and we are going to be tired and we still have to keep on going. You know, Every parent listening knows they've experienced this in the late nights or in the early mornings when, mm-hmm. you know, baby's crying for milk and you're just like, am I ever going to sleep again? Yeah. You know, or for kids, it might be, man, is the homework ever going to end? Is, yeah. you know, is this schedule ever going to get better? Like, I feel like I'm so exhausted. There's still a little more in the tank. There's always something you can give, mm-hmm. you know, of course, mindful of the value of rest, but. You know, a lot of times we, th- we think that we're done before we really are. Right. And, and Rudyard Kipling is telling his son. Now, you, s- you still can hold on a little bit longer. There's mm. still a little more you can get. I see
0: our producer, Alex, laughing. He has two very young <laughs> children and a third on the way. And so he knows all what it is, right? Those late nights when uh, sleep is elusive yes. and you have to just hold on. Um, here we are in the last stanza. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. I mean that right there is something that all of humanity has struggled with mm-hmm. and here in our very prosperous blessed America uh, mm-hmm. we don't do necessarily a great job of this here. Yeah.
1: And I think for Christians I mean this this line just thinking in terms of Christian worldview and and this poem um you know sometimes we can get pulled by the crowd. You know there's that virtue there we stand as representatives as ambassadors of Christ there is a certain Way that we were expected to live. Now the crowds are not following Jesus. The crowds are not following Christ. And so, if you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, keep that character, not compromise on on the truth of Scripture, or walk with kings, but not lose the common touch. You mm-hmm. there's also the flip side where some people get so um, they're they're around Christians so often they forget what it's like to be around a non-believer. Mm-hmm. They forget what it's like to be around someone who is struggling. You know, they're, they're with people that are in, in a good season of life, but they've forgotten what it's like to relate with someone who's not there. That's right.
0: Well, and our goal isn't to walk with Kings, right? That, that But that's contrary again to the world. They would think be a King, act like a King. Right. And, and that's what our goal is. Nope. That's not our goal. Our goal is to serve Christ and not lose the common touch. The only King. Amen. Who never lost a common touch. <laughs> that's right. While he was on earth. That's right. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. Um, that is also a mm-hmm. little opposite of the world's values right now. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, a lot of people can can be, they can put so much stock into their friends, into um, what other people say about them, that, that it can hurt them. You know, there is a certain mark of maturity that... We stand aloof to that, you know. Mm-hmm. Foes can't hurt me. Friends can't hurt me because I'm centered on something else that is not them. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, people—if all men count with you, but not too much. You know, this n- not trying to please everyone. We don't do things to please man. Mm-hmm. If if I'm seeking to please the Lord, that's the only person who really matters. Mm-hmm. And some people might be disappointed by that, or disappointed by how I live in my pursuit of pleasing Christ. But who cares? You know, Jesus is more important, and his perspective is more important.
0: Well, and if all men count with you, but none too much, we need to be there for others, Mm -hmm. but then it gets to the point where it can turn enabling, Yeah, and that's that moderation. I mean, one of the themes of this entire poem is moderation and not getting swayed too much on either side, and yes, people should be able to count on us. You know, there, there are people on my phone that if I, well, when I've had crisis... In my life, they're the people I call first, and some of them live four or five states away. And I know if I need them, they're on a plane, and yeah. they, it's a three-hour flight, and they'll somehow be here in thirty minutes. I don't know, you know, but but yet the idea that you don't, um, they don't count on you too much. There's there's again that balance, right? And here's the final, uh, very powerful ending of this poem: If you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run. Yeah. Our cross-country team loves that, right? (laughs) Um, Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Hmm. What do you think of that?
1: I mean, just making the most of time. You know, that is the one resource we don't get back. You know, a minute will not forgive you. You can't rewind a second more. It's, you have the time that you have and therefore make the most of it. You know, as scripture says, you know, making the most of the the time for the days are evil. I mean, today it's it's almost stating the obvious. You look around and, and there is great evil in the world. So we have a limited time. We don't know how much time we have. We know we have now. We might have the next minute. So we need to be engaged and using this resource that God has given us to do whatever does he's called us to do here on earth mm-hmm. and and to make the most of it.
0: It's what uh, President Theodore Roosevelt would have called the, the vigorous life. The strenuous the life. strenuous life, right? Like, which is not wasting a moment and going out and giving everything you can to a worthy cause and uh that's some of the things kipling's calling us here uh and yours is the earth and everything that's in it i don't believe kipling here is calling us kings because he's already addressed that right this is not about conquering the world this is about having the right attitude and doing things the right way for the right reasons right and which is more you'll be a man my son um that that means a lot for us, us fathers out there. Yeah.
1: And I, as a dad, I just, you know, I, I read this poem and and you know, Caleb is young, he's four, and and I'm already starting to to see these things and, and try to guide him in this direction. I, I want him to see, you know, you know, we examine everything and retain what is good. We retain what is true. And so um in looking what is, you know, good and and true and beautiful, I want him to see this. I want him to see these qualities of manhood. I want him to have this vision of what of what he can be like as a man, not, not to pat himself on the back, but rather this is what God created you for, Mm -hmm. you know? And and many of the principles that we see here in this poem are things that we also see in scripture. We see commands from God towards us and and how we are to exemplify these things. And so I want my son to see that. I want my son to, to be a man, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in, in a world that has really lost sight of what manhood is and calls manhood toxic or tries to make, manhood more effeminate. No, there there is a real need for true biblical manhood, strong men, men of character. This isn't talking about how much you can bench. This is talking about character qualities that need to be in the life of every man.
0: That's right. And it's not about how much money you have. It's not about dying with a bunch of stuff. It's about being a true man in the biblical sense. So um, thank you, Ruben, for joining us. It was just a, a beautiful time of, of reflecting on this important poem. And I hope it's a a great tool for our listeners, Um, and if they've never heard this before, it's very helpful. Um, But as we close, I do just want to finish with these final thoughts. You know, Kipling wrote this at the peak of the British Empire. And although we do not defend imperialism, uh, the virtues of honor, dedication, and noble sacrifice found in the Victorian era are commendable and are very evident in the poem If. Tragically, Kipling's son, the first recipient of this poem, was killed during World War I. Uh, shaking Kipling's idealistic view of the crown and empire. However, his advice to his son in the poem If remains a powerful piece of parental wisdom and provides us with valuable tools to confront our own obstacles. Classically, it may not be the greatest example of complicated language, but the message is immortal. It is important to remember that Kipling bases all of these points on the assumption that the reader, and in our case, the listener, is pursuing high ideals and strong personal character. To those that seek high achievement with proper attitude, the poem provides an excellent set of values if we are willing to sign on for such a strenuous life. Mm. Until next time, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Thank you for joining us. The opinions expressed on this program are that of the hosts and the guests. The podcast is produced by Alex Halpert. Sheridan Hills Christian School is a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church.